Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. At Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, whatever it may be. It is all at Purdy Insurance. So make sure that you are. Completely insured, and they'll do so at absolutely the best price they can find. It is all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. All right. Let's get to our play-by-play call of the day. Chance Rutherford. Michigan finally beats Ohio in something. All right, uh, the Little League World Series championship goes to Taylor, Michigan. Congratulations to them. Well, time to get ready for football on Saturday, and that includes Bucknell playing in New Haven against Sacred Heart at 6 o'clock. Very pleased to be joined by the head coach of Bucknell, Dave Giacchini. Dave, happy New Year. (laughs) Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, so let's start with the camp part of it. Uh, this was a question I brought up to you in the spring when we discussed, and you can only find this out once you finally go through it. Did you either modify or see any changes at all in camp because there was such a, uh, a shorter period of time between a game and a new season? Definitely. You know, f- finishing the season – uh, in the spring uh, was something that uh, really nobody had ever done before, and, and uh, we, we've taken a, a, a good look uh, prior to the start of our camp. And what we actually wound up doing was we brought the majority of our team back in July for a three-week mini camp just to make sure, see how guys were doing. Uh, we had a bunch of kids that, you know, particularly our upperclassmen, and a lot of guys uh, had internships and weren't able to come, but uh, it was still – uh, almost two-thirds of our team, and, and I think that really helped us out uh, by having them back in July. When our camp started on August 5th, uh, we have definitely scaled things back from where we were, say, back in the 2019 season. You know, we've had 22 practices so far. We've only had one day of tackling out of those 22. We had one major scrimmage that we got about um, you know, almost 70 snaps of, of live football, but that's really been the only practice out of the 22 uh, that we have uh, gone and, and had contact down to the ground. So definitely a big change uh, from what we've done uh, in prior years. And I'm going to assume that you uh, did a lot of uh, the thud, tag off, and so forth. Exactly. If the players handle that right, Dave, how beneficial can that be if they handle it the right way? Yeah, you know, you hit the nail right on the head. That that's the challenge, particularly with uh, the young team that we have. We have 
uh, almost uh, as many freshmen as we do juniors and seniors combined, and, and they're just still figuring it out. What's college football about? Uh, and everybody wants to come out and compete and show that they can make plays. So that that's the danger. As soon as you tell people, hey, we're going thud, but we're not going to tackle down to the ground. We're going to wrap guys up, but try to keep everybody on their feet. That's that's easier said than done. And and so that in itself is a process. Uh, to get your younger players and and to get everybody onto the same page, and it took us a couple practices to get to that point. Uh, we're much better at following those instructions now than we were, say, two weeks ago. No doubt about it. Uh, when you go through a quote spring practice, you can get um, a foundation set for your preseason. Now you had to do this for games. Did you see a foundation? lay between that mini camp you had and the and playing last fall or last spring i mean i I think so you know like i said it's it's tough when you know for us as we look at how we were as a team just the makeup of the team going through that spring season and losing uh a great senior class again all of them given an extra year of eligibility by the ncaa because of the COVID situation but all of them uh you know choosing to move on uh we do have a couple of guys playing elsewhere but but all the rest of our team you know already had jobs and had accepted them and and was moving on uh decided to move on to the, to the real world uh and get their professional careers started so it was uh th- that in itself was a giant uh change to, to lose to have that vacuum of leadership at the top as that class moved on and and so it was uh, a big part of not just starting and trying to hit the reset button uh through the july and into our august camp but but also doing our best to fill that leadership void and 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 get uh, such a young team going in the right direction so uh, that's been a major focus uh, of our team so far here uh, as we've been moving forward and our coaching staff spent an awful lot of time and 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 the fact that we actually have a camp has really been you know gotten his head and shoulders above to where we were uh, a year ago you know with the pandemic and our season being canceled and, and us not even having any type of camp whatsoever uh, so this has uh, been a step in the right direction but it's it's still a major challenge for us as we uh, look towards uh, you know a, a long and, and uh, challenging season uh, I think a lot of people I may not realize I mean, there really is an order to which you do things. It's players, then it's formations, then it's obviously plays as the way you want to do. But the players have to be able to fit what you're doing with all of that. In your recruiting, there's a way you'd like to play. Are you starting to get enough players into the program that play the way that you idealistically feel the program needs to go? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we're, we're thrilled uh, with uh, the two recruiting classes uh, that, that our staff has, has been able to, to bring in. Uh, it was a bit nerve-wracking for this current class of freshmen because, as you know, we recruited them without the benefit of official or unofficial visits. Uh, everything that we did with them was communication over the phone or over Zoom. Uh, and, and, you know, having no one really have done that in the past and to have players commit to you uh, while you've never met them and shake uh, you know shook their hands or, or they've never even uh, you know been on your campus uh, they, they don't know exactly what it's like so uh, there was a, a lot of uh, 
trepidation as our players arrived in July, and and so many of them, you know, as as, as a freshman, not knowing, you know, exactly what they're all about, and and I was really relieved, and I know our staff was was really impressed with how they've handled themselves and the caliber of student athlete that we've been able to bring in. So uh, that's certainly the, this class of incoming freshmen's really augmented our our sophomore class as well. Many of them who did play a decent amount in our shortened spring season. So uh, it's been great. Uh, we're really excited. I, I do believe, you know, while we're probably the, you know, we went from the most experienced uh, football team in the, in the Patriot League now to probably one of the least, if not the least experienced uh, in the Patriot League. If you look at our team as a whole, like the measurables, uh, the strength, the size, the speed of the team, um, we're a step better than we were uh, a year ago. So uh, key for us this year, without a doubt, is going to be uh, maturing as a football team, getting our young players, uh, many of, of whom are going to be stepping into starting roles for the first time, getting them the experience, uh, especially early on in our non-conference uh, uh, schedule. So by the time we hit our league games, uh, we're firing on all cylinders. All right, so how does it look at quarterback for you? Uh, good, good. You know, we were uh, uh, – Definitely, as the season went on in the spring, um, it was a two-quarterback show. Uh, Logan Bittacoffer, uh graduated, um, right. and that uh, left us uh, with uh, really one man to inherit the team. That was Taryn Earl, and Taryn had played great uh, in the time he had in the spring, but did have a knee injury uh, that ended his season early. Uh, he's back. He's 100%. Uh, he's really performed well uh, through the the first uh, three weeks of August camp here, and and uh, you know, was elected uh, uh, as uh, one of our captains by our players. So he's really doing an outstanding job, not just on the field with his performance, but in his leadership on and off the field. Uh, so really happy uh, with him and his mobility and his arm strength. He's really pushing himself to be the best that he can be. Well, in fact, you talked about the leadership part. Leadership actually shows itself in the times when you, the coaches, can't be around. Did you get a real feel that during the offseason your leaders did what you needed them to do to make sure that the other guys were ready? Yeah, uh, I do. You know, and, and it's a huge challenge for this group because our, our senior class, we only have 13 seniors. So uh, it's, uh, they're, they're, they're not just their sheer lack of numbers uh, makes it more challenging for those guys because, you know, the, the, in a sense, they're, you know, they're 11% probably uh, of, of the team when it's all said and done. Uh, so it is a challenge for them. And I'm really proud of that group of seniors and, and how they handled themselves in the off season and, and really uh, even more importantly than that, just coming in and, and again, having a camp in August in which, you know, none of your freshmen or sophomores have ever gone through a camp before and what they've done right. in terms of, you know, uh, acclimating them to the college game, welcoming them and, and showing them, you know, first of all, what they're uh, you know what they're leading by example first before their words, but really doing that and and uh, kind of uh, trying to get us to hit the fast forward button, so to speak, to to mature this football team as quickly as we can. And 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 so far, I'm I'm very happy with the, the results that we've seen, and, and a lot of that goes to the credit of our our senior class. Matt, you talked about having the one scrimmage where you had about 70 plays in it. Uh, how much of a mystery does special teams become? when obviously most people don't hit in their special teams period 
So what is that like because it's such a critical component to the game? Uh, absolutely. It is a huge part of the game, and it is the toughest thing to simulate over the course of a practice when you are going live because uh, it's just having a scout team or having a group of guys out there, they either know each other, they know what's coming, they know the schemes, and that's just not what special teams is like uh, in the football game. So uh, that's a challenge in and of itself. But uh, Now you add to that, you know, most of your special teams performers, typically as you look at the college level are your second team uh, players, you know, second team players on offense and, and, and even to a larger degree, your second team, your backup players on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, when you look at how young we are, you know, we're young with our starting uh, 11 that we have on both sides of the ball. Forget right. the fact that our backups can are in, in a lot of cases, you know, just as young, if not younger. Uh, so that provides another aspect of it because you do, again, have a, a layer there where uh, there are players that are out there practicing and they've never had a chance to do something live uh, against another college football team. And the first thing that you're going to ask them to do is line up and, and go try to block a punt or, or uh, you know, execute a block on a kickoff return team. So, so that is uh, a huge uh, aspect of the game and also why you know if you look at uh, typically the first week of college football games you'll see more mistakes or hiccups on special teams than usually offense or defense combined you can look at uh, i think the very first points uh, that was was scored uh, in the nebraska illinois game was a young returner who went way back on a punt and caught yep. the ball on the one-yard line. His momentum carried him into the end zone, and he wound up getting a safety on a ball he never should have fielded. And, and uh, that's while that's you know typically unforgivable, it's understandable in a way when you look at it. It's just a for, it's a week one situation, and you have a lot of guys out there doing things that they haven't done in a live situation before. And how do you view Sacred Heart? Well, they're kind of the opposite uh, of us. They have a veteran of starters back, you know, a, a very successful season out of them. They, they uh, won the NEC championship and, and uh, uh, did a good job in the playoffs uh, facing a, a good Delaware team. They do restur- return virtually uh, everybody. I know uh, I was just looking at the two deep uh, a couple of hours ago, and I think, you know, their starting defense is made up of uh, nine seniors or eight seniors and, and three um, fifty-year seniors, so uh, a very, very experienced team on both sides of the ball. Uh, coming off a great, um, you know, championship campaign uh, in the spring, uh, probably the thing that's scariest about them is uh, their offense. As good as their defense has performed this this past year, um, their their offense is is really, really good, really firing on all cylinders. Uh, you've got Julius Chestnut, who is arguably the number one tailback uh, right. in the country at the Division One FCS level. Uh, he's really been impressive, uh, and we were kind of his coming out party way back in 2019 when we played up at Sacred Heart. Uh, I think he rushed for 160, maybe 170 yards against us, scored a touchdown. I think he caught a couple of touchdown passes as well during the game. So he is, uh, without a doubt, an outstanding, outstanding football player, and and, uh, uh, we have a huge challenge uh, coming up for us here Saturday night. Well, it'll be 6 o'clock on Saturday. Looking forward to it very much, Doug, and Kevin will have the call on Eagle 107. Dave, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. I always look forward to talking with you. Appreciate it, Steve. Thanks for the time. Dave Trichini, head football coach, Bucknell, back with more in a moment as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. 
you own an RV, you know your home on wheels needs the same protection as your actual home. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. Whether you hit the road for a weekend or a few months, Purdy Insurance can cover all of your recreational vehicles. From RVs, ATVs and side-by-sides, to motorcycles and golf carts, offering you great coverage at the best price. Call Purdy Insurance at 570-286-5855 or request a quote online at purdyinsurance.com and see what we can do for you. All right, game week for Penn State football. Wisconsin released its depth chart today. And it's, except for Malusi starting a tailback, it's almost exactly what I had down on, like, on the two deep. Like I said, I know somebody that was was able to get some information from, so. uh, So I thought that was, um, but it's interesting about Malusi. I've had people say to me, Guy, he was at Clemson holding. Yeah, okay, he was highly recruited. But one, two things. I'm not saying good, bad, or indifferent, but ask yourself some basic questions. Why is his career high? Why is his career high in rushing 57 yards? And remember, they blew a lot of teams out, right? It blew a lot of teams out. Why is his career made? He's never had a 100-yard rushing game. And number two, Travis Etienne went to the NFL. Why didn't he stay? I always ask those basic questions. If guys, if there's a coaching change, I got it. Okay? There's a coaching change. All right. I got it. Uh, there's a veteran in front of me. I can't. I can't get any traction because... You know, and in this case, a guy like uh, ATN. But everybody knew ATN was going to leave. Okay. Right? Or you're starting at a lower, you're not in a Power 5 school, and you decide that you want to go and you want to show in the Power 5 what you can do. Now, I get that part, too. Never quite get the, the parallel moves. Parallel moves I never quite get. Yeah, I know he's a good player. They, he wouldn't have been recruited by uh, Davos if he wasn't a good player. But I always ask those basic questions. Okay, why? Why did he transfer? I mean, pretty simple to sit there and look at. Um, uh, at. Uh, at a roster and figure out right away, like, okay, got it. Um, it doesn't take much to look at it and go, okay, I can see why he did. All right, I understand. I can see why somebody does that. All right, let's take Arnold Abicati. Arnold Abicati wanted to go from Temple, which is not a Power 5 school, to a Power 5 school. Derek Tangelo was a grad transfer. He wanted to go from Duke to Penn State. Uh, you know, South Carolina's had coaching changes, so Johnny Dixon leaves. I mean, 
stuff like that makes sense. I mean, stuff like that makes sense. But then you see something and you say, okay, I'm not quite on board with this. Why is he transferring? Hey, the door looked like it was open. Okay. Then why? But evidently he's gone in there and he's been able to win the job and Jalen Berger will back him up and they'll obviously both get a lot of playing time between the two of them. All right. These are the same questions we ask in the staff meeting on Monday. (laughs) True or not true? Yes. Except we actually have them on Tuesdays now. We moved it. And which brought with another simple question, why? <laughs> Can't we just get this out of the way? When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merce family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Humboldt Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory. It is all at... Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And we are in the, uh, and today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat. Motorcycle, whatever your insurance need is, uh, they'll not only make sure you're completely insured with the right insurance, but they also will make sure you're getting the best price. And they're always updating too. It's all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street, and somebody go to purdyinsurance.com. All right. 
So um, Penn State has now become the latest in a long list of schools across the country that has decided not to release a public depth chart um, each week of the season. So um, and that's the decision. Now Wisconsin did. But I'll be I'll be honest with you. Some of this you have to remember. Some of what you're doing here, it's not that you're trying to maybe keep it away from the other team, but instead of putting it on paper for the players, you know, even though they may know where they stand in practice, all right. But keep in mind, it's a little different because you got the transfer portal these days. And the transfer portal brings with it more issues than ever before in terms of how you handle um, personnel. For example, I'll give you an example. Texas. Texas won't release who their starting quarterback is. Well, they don't want – the bottom line is – yeah, maybe they're not sure, although they have a pretty good idea. But all they're also trying to keep whomever doesn't win the thing in the thought process that they're still in the neighborhood and might be able to play. You know, there's a lot of decisions now being made. I'm not saying this is what, you know, what James is doing or not, because I haven't asked him about it. And, of course, I'm, I'm in a little different spot, uh, obviously, because you know, I pretty much know what they're doing. But... Um, I think that uh, that'd be one of my guesses. One of my guesses would be uh, so many decisions you're you're seeing when it comes to personnel are coming down to uh, the transfer portal. How do you handle this? What kind of conversations are you having with them? Uh, instead of them walking in, hey, look, you know, this this thing says I'm third. Right? What do you mean I'm third? Is that where I am? Really? Um, you know, conversations like that, which is happening at every school, for example. And people say, well, what does this do for a job? Like, like Ohio State doesn't release one. Michigan doesn't release one. Um, but, you know, I mean, you sit there and you figure it out. I mean, I can figure it out from the last game who the heck is playing or not. The only one you really need in terms of the guessing game is the opening game of the season. After that, I'll, you know, I can watch a tape, figure out Ball State. I can watch a tape, I can figure out Auburn. I can watch a tape, figure out Villanova and then Indiana and so forth. I mean, I can figure that out. I mean, I can sit there with a pad and just start jotting down numbers, and within a matter of a few minutes, I got it. But I'm wondering if if some of this does deal with the transfer portal. Now, there's an old saying. Well, maybe it's not. I think it's a new saying. I ain't starting, I'm departing. You know who invented that? 
mass on shore. A suit? Yes. <laughs> I ain't starting. I'm departing. Right? And, you know, when management looked at him and said, hey, good luck. <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Good luck. It's all our best, Steve. Oh, wait a minute, a minute. Hey, Steve. Just wanted to see how you react. S-U-I-T. That spells suit. G-O-N-E spells gone. Uh. <laughs> Uh, uh. <laughs> so there you go. Because um, a lot of people look, you know, they they want to see it. They want to, you know, then people complain about it. Well, that's not right, and that's not this, and that's you know, whatever. Uh, but that's not what they're going to do. They're not going to release. That. They're going to put out game notes and then go from there. you for it it's no really it's no big deal um it really is no big deal and to be honest with you wisconsin released their depth char chart today right so what did i say about their depth chart when they released it well a change of running back yeah like the running back i have malusi is not on my chart and then the the center who won the job two there were two things it, yeah, except the center who won the job is the first team center I have on my chart. I already knew it. <laughs> no offense, I already knew it. Except for Malusi starting over because I have Berger as a one. Berger's the guy has a one. Okay? Every other position I have it on my chart exactly the way it turned out. So, did I need them to release the depth chart? No. Now I put a little more into this than than obviously a fan would because it's my job to figure out who the heck is doing what. Uh, Joe Milton, by the way, won the uh, Tennessee uh, starting quarterback job. Yeah. Tennessee's in for a long year. They are in for a long year. Kate McNamara is going to start for Michigan. Uh, we'll see how long he can hold off the kid. Um, I asked somebody about Alan Bowman, uh, Kirk Bowman's son, who transferred from Texas Tech to Michigan. They said no factor. Like, really? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I was, I, that, that answer surprised me. Because, I mean, it's not like he hasn't had moments at Texas Tech. He has. And some big numbers at Texas Tech. Now, some of that is system related. There's no question about that. But I thought that was interesting. And look, when it comes to high school football, how often, Matt, do you have to really work hard to get a depth chart to do a high school football game? It depends on the coach and depends on the school. 
sometimes it's easier. Sometimes it's like pulling teeth. Mm. And sometimes you may not get one at all. Everybody's different. Yeah. I mean, if number two lines up at center for Wisconsin, I'd look over and go, well, that's Wolf. I got it. <laughs> they gave us a roster. I, you know, I already have it. I can figure it out. <laughs> I mean, you can figure it out. It's not like you can't sit there and go, oh, I can't figure this out. They didn't give me a depth chart. You can figure it out. I never worry about that. But as you know, I don't worry about a lot of things. Drives you nuts. That is very true. <laughs> well, my thing is, if it doesn't seem like that big a deal, then why not just release it anyway so you don't have to deal with this, I'm going to say backlash for lack of a better word, even though it maybe is a little harsh. What do you mean, backlash from what? Just for for not releasing it. While you're going to see a lot of fans complain that there that there's no depth chart. I mean, that's a lot of but, things that people want to hear coming out of a fall camp. Uh, so if, if, but, if it's not that big a deal to you, why not just let it go? Why not just release it? But I think it, I think some of it may go back to the point um, of uh, about handling the transfer portal. I ain't starting. I'm departing. You know, you got to. And Penn State plays a lot of people, but if they're listed in some sort of order, and of course you'd always get people. Oh, I don't know the ors. I hate the ors. Well, the ors are legitimate. The ors are legitimate. That means they're playing. That's why when I talk about the new way of doing this. Any organization, I'm talking about organization, that covers college football and goes through the mumbo-jumbo of starters returning, starters lost, doesn't get the game. You don't get it at all. I mean, how many players does Penn State play on offense? How many players does Penn State play on defense? And go, you can go over and over here in terms of the number of guys that played meaningful downs during the course of a game. I mean, I'm talking meaningful downs during the course of a game. And I don't mean just running out there on special teams. I mean actually playing downs on offense and defense. How many guys might play? You got 11 versus 11. So at your 11 on offense, you could see as many as... 11, 14, 17, 18, 19. You can see as many as 22 playing offense on Saturday. Defense, you could see, boy, they rotate a lot of defensive linemen always. So let's just say conservatively on that number, then linebacker. Let's see. Let's just say 14, 15. You can see as many as 21 or 22 play in defense. That's 44 guys that are going to play. You know, just on that, I haven't even gotten the special teams yet. So, I mean, so the depth chart, yeah, you start, but, you know, other people play. But let me ask you this, though, 
And I'm going to take something that James Franklin said, I think it was, what, Friday or Saturday last week. Shouldn't guys, guys pretty much know now where they stand based on how many reps they're getting? Because at this point, James even said a couple nights ago, the ones are pretty much need to get their proper reps now. The twos need to get their reps so they're ready. So the threes or whatever aren't going to get that many. So if you know where you stand as a player, then if you're not happy, aren't you going to go anyway? It's talking about quarterback. Oh, okay. Other spots aren't like aren't like quarterback. In other words, uh, Penn State's going to play. You know, we all everything. It's safe to say everybody knows they're going to play three tight ends. But you think the third guy's not getting a lot of reps? Of course he is. But he was talking about the quarterback part of it. Gotcha. Ones, 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 twos, and threes. Every offensive coordinator has their own theory about how many reps they want to get the third guy. You know, some are okay with the third guy getting a few. Some just want to deal with two. I mean, the NFL, what's interesting about the NFL is that when you look at the NFL, the number two guy doesn't get many reps with the first group. Most of the reps that the two gets are usually with the scout team. Yeah, how about that? I mean, I've always wondered about that. Why? I mean, considering it's a full-time job and you've got X amount of hours during the course of the week, you can't get your two some meaningful reps? That's, you know, that, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm talking about the NFL. College third guys don't get many reps. They get some, but it depends on the coach. It depends on the coach. Other positions, it's different. It's by position. You're trying to rotate in in your practices the guys that you think are going to play. And I don't just mean meaningful minutes that you think are going to play. You don't want to put anybody in there where it's a surprise. And so Penn State could, could have as many as 44 to 48 different guys playing between offense and defense. I haven't even included special teams yet. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto Home Life Business. Boat, motorcycle, suit insurance? No, just kidding. Although if we had to pick anything we need to be insured from, <laughs> they may find it to be a popular but inexpensive item. All at uh, our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street and Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. And uh, we are in the... Sunbury Motors Studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, 
Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 1115 Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. By the way, when you hear about a pre-owned vehicle, Sunbury Motors, it is with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Very important. All right. The uh, yeah. It actually the story about the uh, Penn State, for example, game notes will be available Monday at 8 p.m. Okay, great. But please know Penn State football is not releasing a public depth chart for the 2021 season. Okay. There you go. So, of course, I have to speak at the Duquesne Club here this week. Guess what I'm going to be asked left and right? Who's the second team center? <laughs> Who's the third team outside linebacker? Guys, just slow down. <laughs> it's all right. Don't worry about it. Watch the game on Saturday. You'll figure it out. It's all good. <laughs> Matt's all mad, though, because... He wants to know. <laughs> it's just, let's just see it. I think uh, if I'm guessing, it not is not really about what the about not wanting the public to know. It's not about not wanting Wisconsin to know because I think you just line up and play. I think that if you keep as much of the, I think the transfer portal is making people make decisions that um, are a little bit different than before. How about that? I mean, do the play, does the player know where they stand? Uh, those who are on the scout team know where they stand. Okay? Everybody else really doesn't. And yeah, sure, you're being run out with the ones, twos, and threes. Yeah. But if you're sitting there, you're trying to figure out who's in front of you. Oh, by the way, Peter King, two of the top five players that were most impressive to him in his camp tour. Number two was Micah Parsons. And number five was Pat Fryermuth. Interesting. I'm not surprised. Not making the cut, Gardner Minshew or Jalen Hurts. <laughs> 